You remember when you were striving to achieve. You had to get to that next level, whatever it was. You had to complete your PhD. You had to get your master's. Uh, you had to get this first big job or, 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 or grab hold of that first big client. And then you got there. All the work had paid off, all of the extra time, and now you're on top of the mountain, and the first thing you see is the top of the next mountain. You thought you were climbing the mountain. Come to find out, you were just climbing a mountain. That's not the same. Not only that, but this next mountain is higher. This next mountain is harder. This next mountain will demand everything you have learned to this moment and then some. It's the most disappointing reality in life. The reward for good work, more work. The reward for success is another opportunity for success. We shouldn't be surprised that God uses every moment and every step of this journey to get you ready for the next one. It's an old truth. It's embedded in the story Jesus told. One of the most famous parables we have found in Matthew 25. Stand with me in honor of God's word. It's like a man who was going on a journey. So he called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one talent, depending each one on his own ability. In the same way, the man who had earned, and when he went, he went away, immediately the man who received the five talents went and put them to work and earned five more. In the same way, the man who had earned two more earned two more. But the man who had received one talent dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. And after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents. He said, Master, you've given me five talents. I have made five more. His master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in your master's joy. The man with two talents also approached and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. And I will put you in charge of many things. Come, enjoy your master's joy. Share your master's joy. And the master, the, the man who had received one talent, also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. And his master replied, You evil and lazy servant, if you knew I reap where I haven't sown and gathered where I haven't scattered, then you should have at least deposited my money with the bankers, and I would have received my money back with interest that I had earned. 
So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For everyone who has more will be given who has had enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant out into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You have been faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's joy. This is God's word. Oh, I've been doing this long enough. Y'all know this. (laughs) With me. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. The question isn't whether or not we can trust you, is it? It's whether in these moments you can trust us. So we pray, Father, that we will continue to grow in our faith and be strengthened in our confidence, that there'll never be a moment when you hesitate to trust us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Like you, I have read the story most of my life. And and like you, I have heard sermon after sermon on this, and I know how this story goes. I know what I'm supposed to get at it. But when you're given time just to read the story and not be in a hurry and not press anything on it, but just let the story kind of marinate within you, there are some things in here that begin to trouble me. One, if you follow the story, the guy who had five talents this time would have had two talents the time before. The guy who had two talents would have had one talent. The guy who had one talent, this would have been his first test. Okay, I'm going to go away. This is your test. I'm going to give you one talent, see how you do. If you do well, then I'll give you two, then I'll give you five. So there's always this progression of pressure. Okay, some of you are frustrated that you're not in a five-talent moment, and it's because you will not be faithful in a one-talent event. Okay, you want God to do more, yet you won't trust him to do what he wants to do in the present. I tell you this all the time. Jesus will not tell you the second step until you do the first one. Now, When you do a good job, well done, my good and faithful servant. Did you hear that? You have been faithful with a little. Now, hold on. (laughs) I have worked myself to death managing these five talents you've given me, and now you're going to give me five more. You're telling me that was a little Wait a minute, you gave me two, I've given you two more. Now you're saying, well done, you were faithful with a little. I have been almost underwater since you've been gone. And now you're telling me, nah, that's not anything. That's just a little. Have you ever thought that the guy who had five, who made five more, and, God, and, and the master says, well done, I'm going to give you more. Have you ever thought that maybe he said, I- I'm good. 
Really, you gave me five, now I have five more, I'm blessed. <laughs> and later in the story when he says, take that talent from that guy and give it to the one who has ten, and he's over there going, no, no, give it to the guy who has four. He needs it. I, no, I, I don't want all of this blessing. It is something, isn't it, that when you follow Christ, you're always in these crises of faith and that surely this is not what Jesus wants me to do now. I have worked myself to death. Now the job is bigger than it has ever been. Well, why wouldn't it? Don't you understand that at each level, Jesus has to teach you and to train you how he works, how you're wired, what you're good at, how he wants to use you in the kingdom. Then when you learn that lesson, then you are promoted up. You're given a harder lesson. You're given more work. You're going to use everything that Jesus has given you to this moment. Now, he's going to train you deeper. And he always puts you in places where you cannot do it on your own. If your first response to a God calling is, I got this, it's not a God calling. How do you know it's of God? Because your first response is, Lord Jesus, I love you, but there's no way. <laughs> now, now you're close to what God is. Okay. If your first response is no way, then he's going to remind you, I taught you how to do this. I taught you how to do this. Now I'm going to teach you how to do this. You remember the story of David when he jumps out on Goliath and says, the Lord has given me the lion and the bear. He'll give me you. Do you pay attention to that? He's already given me the lion or the bear. If I'm guarding the sheep, I see a lion or a bear, I'm yelling, they're yours. I'm headed to the house. No, I took care of the lion and the bear. That's why I have the confidence to do that. Do you think David got up one morning and said, well, today I got to practice for Goliath. Where's a lion? Uh-uh. He was scared out of his mind when that lion attacked the sheep, but he knew he had to protect them. And then when he stood in front of Goliath, he remembered the bear and the lion and the confidence to take on Goliath. You don't start with Goliath. You have to take care of the lions and bears. You don't take care of the lions and bears. You're knocking 10 cans off the fence line. See how that works? Every time the Lord gives you a little more so he can show you who you are, what you're created for, and how he's working in the world. Now, anytime you start doing that, the first thing you're going to hear from the world is there's no way. One, Jesus always wants you to put, put us in a place where when people see it, they celebrate God must be in that. Okay, you've heard the story. Twice we were told at Ave South there was not any space. There was not any room. When we started Ave South at the very beginning, we were told by people whose names you would know if I mentioned them. 
Mike, there's no way. There's no space. We know every inch of the area you're looking, and there is no place. We said, when we tell Jesus we're going to do the first thing, he'll show us the second thing. So we committed to starting half south. Lo and behold, there's space. We find a space that has served us amazingly well. Have you been in half south? It is one of the coolest campuses we have. And it's right in the middle of that vibrant uh, 12th Avenue, 8th Avenue section uh, where all the growth is happening. We outgrow the space. We start looking and praying. We've got to have more space. What do we hear? Everybody, there's no place here. The, the, the real estate developers are grabbing every square inch. They're tearing down one house and building two on the same lot. You'll never find a place you can afford. Lo and behold, there was a pastor praying with his church that God would allow them not to sell their property to developers but sell it to a church so the gospel could still be proclaimed in that building. Half South is going to be moving in in the next few months. Over and over again, the world said we couldn't. Jesus said, I'm holding on to it. You know, one of the frustrating things for me right now is that we're in a culture uh, that is telling us that religion has no, no, no place or anything. They keep asking Jesus questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Those are Jesus questions. What does the world tell you? Well, if you work real hard, if you try, maybe you can make something of yourself. Maybe you can make something of your life. Maybe you can play professional sports. Maybe you can be successful if you work real hard. What does Jesus say? You are. You are. Not because you have earned it, but because the King of kings, the Lord of life, and the Lord of death says this is who you are. This is your name. When I was creating you, I had that purpose in mind, and I designed you to fit my divine purpose. This is why you were born. I've told you before. I've always known I was going to be a pastor. I have never doubted the existence of Christ. I have never had a crisis of faith. I have had crisis of obedience, but never of faith. And so I'll read the scriptures. I'll come to you and I'll say, this is what the Lord has said. And you will come to me and go, I've never seen that. And I would say it's right in the passage. We'll walk away from a funeral. How did you know what to say? It was what I was born to do. And I know that. 
I want for every one of you that same peace, that same confidence that comes from knowing this is who you are. There's one other phrase in there. It's when the guy with one talent said, I'm afraid. The world will tell us there's no future for faith. There's no future for the church. Don't you believe it? The future belongs to God. You are the heir. Brothers and sisters who met in a basement to start a church, you are the heir of those who met in a gymnasium. You are the heir to a lot of people who made incredible stands of faith for you to be able to sit where you are. You now are the ancestors of the faith for those who follow. The future belongs to God, Brentwood Baptist Church. Don't you dare be afraid of it now. Let's pray together. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I don't want to do anything to embarrass you or put you on the spot. But I do want you to be thinking seriously about your life if you don't know who you are, if you don't know the purpose for which you created, meet us in the Welcome Center. We'd love to pick up this conversation. We'd love to have the chance to tell you about who Jesus is, what he's done, what he can do, what he is doing in the lives of those who follow him. Perhaps you're looking for a church home. I, I know I'm stepping down as senior pastor, but this is still my church, and I don't know of a better congregation in town. We'd love to have the chance to introduce you to Brentwood Baptist Church. So however the Lord has come to you, he's waiting for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you, every heart. So we pray now the decisions and choices we make are exactly what you want. 